good day, good afternoon, good night. How you doing? This is MCM and you're listening to You're Probably Right. Today we are going to have a serious conversation. Well, maybe not a serious conversation, but there's going to be a serious talk happening here. Now, of course, I'm only doing the talking, but just stay tuned. Come check out You Probably Write Podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. (laughs) I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes, to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh uh-oh, yeah, God, self-help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way, hopefully anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not-so-tough questions, and all the while, understand that, listen, Sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat. Well, that's how it is here. And because there's no topic, well, very few topics off the table. Trontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there. (laughs) Hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting. And hey, maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere. Hope to see you soon. What's up, y'all? You have stepped right into, you're probably right, the podcast that I've been trying to get right from the get-go, but up until now, I don't think I have. And there's certain things that I've been trying to allude to, to stress, to get to, (laughs) to make sense of on this thing now. Yeah, I understand you're listening, and I'm so happy you're listening. But you know what? I've noticed that doing this podcast has been somewhat of a therapy for me. You know, see, there's certain things that I need to get straight in my life. And I figured that, you know, being a kid that was shy growing up, you know, and I'll give you an example. <laughs> being a kid that was shy growing up, I had a hard time speaking in front of people. I had a hard time doing pretty much anything except for maybe playing hockey or um, football in front of people. I like to play basketball, but for some reason it was different. It's like the people are on top of you when you're playing basketball. When you're playing hockey, you know, it's just like the game is so fast that you can't worry about who's watching you, really. You just got to play your best. And, you know, I think I had some skills in that game. And in football, you got that helmet on, so it's like you got your teammates around you it's like you don't even care what else is going on you're just trying to handle business and you're if anything not worried about what people think but you're just worried about making a mistake but um as far as being shy (laughs) growing up I can say you know my worst situation with shyness or maybe fear of public speaking would probably be better but one time you know back in the day back in Toronto we used to have something where in high school you could get a 60 at the end of the term in school 
and you, there was this thing called exemption. And for whatever reason, I don't know how it worked out. I don't know if it really benefited anybody, benefited anybody. But if you get 60, you don't have to do the final exam or the final test or the final whatever. And it was grade 10 English, I believe. And I was at a 61. <laughs> and I went up to the teacher and I said, apparently there's something called exemptions. And if we get up to 60 or final mark 60 without doing the exam or the final part of um, the project or whatever it is, which happened to be speaking in front of class, class um, basically what I'm saying is, if I got 60, I don't have to do the exemption. And he's like, yeah, you don't have to do. I'm like messing this up. Basically, <laughs> you don't have to do your final test or project or whatever it is if you have a 60 at the end of the term. But if you don't, then yeah, you got to do the final exam or whatever it is. So I said, um, well, I handed in half of my assignment and I see that I'm sitting at a 60. So do I have to do the presentation about my project too? He said, no, not technically you don't. You're already at a 60. You're just going to stay at a 60 if you don't do the presentation part. I said, it's okay. I'll just skip it. And it wasn't because I didn't care about my marks. It was just I was scared to death of actually taking part in the presentation part. So there you go. My little uh, <laughs> story about being nervous. And funny thing is me telling you about being nervous was somehow made me nervous. That's crazy, right? <laughs> Anyhow, welcome to, you're probably right, this is MCM, and you're welcome in my house anytime. <laughs> Oddly enough, I don't have a house. <laughs> so basically, I'm just in the studio trying to get this, this uh, podcast off. Now, what you might notice differently in this podcast is there's going to be a lot of breaks, possibly. And the only reason why there's going to be breaks is because I might be looking up something or whatever it is or possibly reading something. I'm just chilling here with you. And hopefully I'm not going to be speaking too fast because I hate when I do that. I mean, <laughs> perfect example was about a minute ago when I couldn't even get the word exemption out properly or whatever. Anyhow, so I'm going to give you a little PSA first. This is a public service announcement, and this is mainly for the people who live in Toronto or in big cities, but I mean, your culture might be different. But one thing that I noticed this week, which I really wanted to say earlier this week, but I didn't have a chance because I was being stressed out by um, all kinds of stuff that I never got a chance to sit down and really do the pod that I wanted to do. But I'm um, driving for some reason. The um, it's It's the week of March break here in Toronto and we had the thickest 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 fog you would ever want to have after dark and for some reason you know back in the day we used to take drive driver's ed and stuff you know like young drivers of Canada whatever it is and you know you read that book the handbook and it tells you what to do and what not to do and then you act it out by driving <laughs> And one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of people turn their high beams on now when the fog's out. And it's like, don't these people realize that they're just shooting that light right back into their own eyes? And they're also blinding people at the same time who can barely see them in the first place. I don't know what's up. 
So I just figured maybe if I save that, I say this, you know, maybe it'll save somebody's life. Maybe there'll be one person who hears this who will stop turning your high beams on when it's deathly foggy outside. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help you and it doesn't help the people who are in front of you driving in the same direction, nor does it help the people who are coming towards you in the opposite direction, okay? If you don't believe me, check out the driver's handbook and see what it says about high beams and fog, okay? Especially that sick, thick <laughs> fog, if you understand what I'm saying. And one more thing, since we're on drivers and PSAs and all, public service announcement, Sorry, I pressed pause for some reason. <laughs> um, why did people stop waving in cars? When did that happen? You know, back in the day, if somebody wanted to get in in front of you or somebody wanted to get in off of a driveway in front of you on the road, and you were stopped at a light and you left a little gap, there was a time when people would actually wave. And, you know, you might wave the person in. And when you let them in and they're in front of you, they would usually wave, put their right hand up and you would, if they're obviously if the window's not tinted, they would wave in the middle of the car and you would see it because you were directly behind them. Or they would wave with their left hand out the window and you could see that they were thankful. But nowadays what I'm noticing is people just are entitled. It's like a whole culture of entitlement. So people don't bother waving anymore. People have really stopped. I have continued because maybe I'm old school or whatever it is, or I'm just appreciative of people giving me a break or whatever it is. But guys, I'm telling you, graciousness, gratefulness, it goes a long way in general. You know, you may jump in front of somebody who has had a rough day and you just saying thank you for helping me out might make a difference in their life. It might be a small thing, but it might be just in that moment, you might have done something great for a person. So I would just say, if you allow, which I've already said anyway, so even if you ain't allowing it, <laughs> how about you wave to somebody, say thank you or nod or whatever it is. If you think that <laughs> you waving is gonna, maybe they'll think you're doing something else, but generally people will know if you're giving them the finger or if you're waving and saying thank you. All right got that out the way all right so i wanted to talk about what's in your closet but i'm gonna step off of that i'm gonna stay on the deeper side of things and i wanted to talk about a few different things but let's see if i can find what i was actually looking at doing let's see yeah you know, generally, I think most people think that they're in the pursuit of good. And usually that pursuit of good has to do, or at least where I come from, something like, say, the Ten Commandments in the Bible. And if you don't know, you can Google it. I mean, well, let's see. Maybe I'll Google it right here for you and tell you what the Ten Commandments are just in case you don't know. Man, you're probably sitting there saying, obviously, I know what the Ten Commandments are, man. <laughs> but just for the sake of it, I'm sure there's people out there who don't. Okay, so I'm going to read them. 
And I'm taking this straight off of Stratmore Education website. Which I probably should have just taken it off of the, out of the Bible, but because I don't have one handy right here on me, I'm going to read it to you. Okay. Should I trust this site? That's the thing. Okay, let's see. Okay, it looks it looks legit. It says, "I am the Lord your God. You shall not have strange gods before me. You shall not make to thyself any graven thing, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, nor of those things that are in water under the earth. You shall not adore them or serve them. Basically, bow down before them." All right, I'm not liking this. Let me see if I can get it better from my actual biblical website. Uh, Bible info. Sounds a little more legit. So it says, first, you shall not have, you shall have no other God before me. That's one. You shall not make idols. Or you shall make no idols. Three, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Four, keep the Sabbath day holy. Five, honor your father and your mother. Six, you shall not murder. Seven, you shall not commit adultery. Eight, you shall not steal. Nine, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. 10. You shall not covet. In other words, desire to have what other people have. Okay. Now, so as I said, most people feel that they're, you know, they have these types of um, goals set for themselves. Unfortunately, most people exclude the Bible, exclude God, and they just think that they have these things of themselves. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to read a few things that you might think are despicable. But think to yourself and say, hmm, I wonder if I'm any of those, any of these things that this guy is about to say. But listen, I know personally that I've broken all of the Ten Commandments. How about you? If you literally sit there and look at them and say, you know, have I broken any of these? Because once you've broken them then there needs to be a sacrifice for your sin. And if there's no sacrifice for your sin, then basically you have to pay the price. You understand? And, you know, thinking about myself, you know, I used to watch the Ten Commandments as a movie with Charlton Heston back in the day. Every year it would come on around Easter time. And um, it's like, it's not that you would, not that I would necessarily scoff, but it was like, that can't be me. You know what I mean? Obviously, I go to church Sunday, <laughs> Sunday morning, Sunday night, you know, Wednesday evening for Bible study, Friday for young people's endeavor, Saturday, possibly for um, choir, choir practice. I live with two people in my house, my parents who preach and sing on the choir and run the ladies and men's ministries 
respectively. This is the house that I grew up in. Now, can I say that everything was perfect? No. Did I think everything was perfect? <laughs> yeah. But as you get older, you realize that certain things aren't perfect and your family's not perfect and you're not perfect and your parents aren't perfect. But um, yeah, for better, for lack of a better well-known family, I, I mean, I thought I was growing up in the Brady and the Cosby show at the same time. You know, I thought I was a Huxtable and a Brady in, in one way or the other. I thought everything was cool at our house, you know. But, you know, the good thing was we did have love in our in our house. Everything wasn't perfect, though. But whose house is? You know, as I said, I used to love watching that show every year. And it's like I took the Ten Commandments for granted, just like the people in the movie. You know, the Ten Commandments were written to the children of Israel. And later for us now, it's in the it's in the Old Testament. But listen, I got some words now. And I'm going to read you some words and you can tell me if this is you and why it is you. You can think about that for yourself. But, you know, firstly, you know, I I heard um, Jordan Peterson ring off some words and I was like, is that really me? Can I really see myself in this word and that word? But the first word was bent. And not able to stay straight, not able to stay straight. And that's me. I'm not able to stay straight on my own. I need something to hold me up. And what holds me up is not my own righteousness for sure. It's God's righteousness and it's the word of God that holds me straight when I get bent. (laughs) Now, that could be attitude, that could be anger, or it could just be the fact that I'm just not straight, you know, and you take that for what you think it is and what it means possibly for you. The next word was broken. I'm broken. How am I broken, you say? Well, let's see. What does broken mean? Having been fractured, damaged, no longer in one piece or in working order. Now, I've been broken. I've had loss. How about you? I've had things that I wanted to do that I just wasn't able to do. You know? I've had pains that have kept me from doing what I should have done. I've had loss, loss of relationships, loss of a parent, loss of a sibling. These things break a person, you know. The next word was miserable. Oh, for sure. Miserable means wretched, unhappy, or uncomfortable. Now, 
100 percent i've been miserable i told you about speaking in public that certainly makes me uncomfortable and i walk that way in a regular on a regular for real you know wretched unhappy miserable and i think about you know the joke is something somewhere that i shouldn't have spent a lot of time but i could tell you how uncomfortable <laughs> have i've been i remember um there was some times that i would go to a club and yeah there was times back in the day when i would go with people and then there was a couple times that i was just so lonely and so sad and just wanted to be around music and party and cool things happening i just went to the club by myself now you might be thinking whoa that's a loser well you're probably right but at the same time i was somebody who would call himself so-called dj so i just like literally love music and i love movies so yeah to a club i could go by myself to a movie i could go by myself and i know there's a lot of people who couldn't do it i've even gone to um restaurant and sat in the middle of the restaurant by myself i only did that one time but it was almost like doing these things because i wanted to do them but i didn't have anything have anybody to do them with because I alienated most of my friends most of my life. But um, I was miserable. So, you know, and wretched and unhappy, you know. And yes, I was uncomfortable. So, you know, for me to walk into the club, especially when there was already a bunch of people there, you know what I would have to do? I would have to walk in, yeah, get checked and whatever it is, pay my money. And, you know, music bumping, there's still... A lot of gaps in the area because I would get there earlier than later. And then I would walk right through the middle of the dance floor right over to get myself something to drink. And it might have just been a Coca-Cola, but it was like just a state of miserableness and thinking that maybe I could find some sort of happiness in the midst of all that nonsense (laughs) and sin and lasciviousness and rambunctiousness and upheaval (laughs) you know so yeah I've been miserable malevolent is another word yep let's see what it says having a showing or wishing to do evil to others have you ever wanted to punch out a bully or punch out somebody who Did you wrong or do something bad to someone? Yeah, I have. Many times. Sometimes I would have the whole scenario go off in my head of what I would do to that person who was doing this or that to me or whatever it is, you know. So have I had the, the sense of it? Many times. Hurt. To cause physical pain or injury. And obviously there's also mental right as as well so yeah i've been hurt many times been abandoned been rejected been made fun of been bullied in different ways you know corrupt are you corrupt and as i said you're looking at these words now i've gone through a few or maybe you know i haven't been keeping you up on it but first we went through the word bent broken, miserable, malevolent, and now hurt. 
Yes, we went through that too. And the next word is corrupt. Having or showing a willingness to act in return for gain. So you have a willingness to act in a certain way for gain. Now, have you done it before? Have you figured out a way to get that extra couple dollars off of a deal? Or have you done certain things for money? I have. I can't think of anything that I've done right this second, but maybe you can. But I know that I have done things in a corrupt way or, you know, there's been that time when I've been let off <laughs> by accident of the cashier. And I haven't always said, oh, you gave me an extra dollar back. Sometimes I just ah get outside and find out that it happened, and not even go back inside, you know, but that's a weak side of it. But I would say that, yeah, for sure. I've been corrupt. I've done corruption. I've done corrupt things for my own personal gain you know maybe it's a guy talking to a girl and you know you know you want certain things from them, whatever it is and maybe you lead them a dance as they would say or a song and dance to get what you want like there's personal gain right there you know maybe you've done it to guys maybe you've done it to your parents maybe you've done it to your friends or the shopkeeper or whoever right weak Lacking the power to perform physically demanding task. Now, again, you could be weak minded and you could be weak physically. Are you weak? I've been weak in both ways. You know, pathetic. Arousing pity, especially through vulnerable or vulnerability or sadness. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing to say about that one. <laughs> For sure, I've been pathetic many times. Contemptible. Hmm. You might think, oh, I'm not that bad, man. I'm not contemptible. Really? Well, I am. I've been. It means to be despicable, pitiable, sorry, arousing, or deserving of scorn. Have you done anything that you've you should arouse scorn in your life? Have you done any kind of sin or anything that maybe the greater population would consider disgusting or despicable? I have. Frustrating. Causing annoyance or upset because of an inability to change or to achieve something. Have you ever frustrated anybody in your life? Hmm. <laughs> I have. Disappointing. Failing to fulfill someone's hopes or expectations. And I would say on my list, that one is huge. <laughs> so, you know, I'm saying all that and giving you that big long list. To say this. This is a scripture in the Bible. Yes, the Bible. <laughs> it is in Matthew 11. And it goes like this. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. 
and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, who do you think said that? You know? That's Jesus. It's the word of God. It is in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. And basically, if you listen to it, you know, he's letting you know that you may not be everything that you think you're supposed to be or everything that other people think you're supposed to be. A yoke. You know, oxen have yoke, and that's how they can um, keep control. It keeps them straight and going in the right direction and keeps them disciplined. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. How can we learn of God in the Bible? From people expositing, expositing, expositing. Expositing scripture. I hope I said that word right. He says, For I am gentle and I am humble. Jesus humbled himself while he was on this earth living as a man. He was very humble. A good example for us. A great example for us. And he says, You will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is is light so basically it's you know sometimes people wonder you know why do people need God and it's because of all those things that I said we are when I when I look at the Ten Commandments when I look at you know whether or not you're bent maybe not maybe you've been broken maybe you're miserable maybe you're malevolent Maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you're corrupt. Maybe you've been weak. Maybe you've been pathetic. Maybe you've been com- contemptible. Maybe you've been frustrated or frustrating. Maybe you've been disappointed or disappointing others. And I'm just, you know, basically here saying to you that God can figure all that stuff out for you. You know, he can help you out with it so you can have a life that is meaningful because you're you're living your life for him and that's what you can learn in the scriptures of the bible and after that i wanted to talk a little bit about social justice y'all one thing i've learned about justice is if it has anything in front of it in other words another word as i said many times before it's not pure it's not justice social justice is not justice it perverts it. Justice is just justice. It doesn't have color. It doesn't have financial status as its rule or its meaning for being. It's just justice. The right amount. It's correct. It's correcting things that are not just. And, you know, we think about inequality. You know, difference in size, degree, circumstances, lack of equality, you know, 
or we think of inequity, the lack of fairness or justice, you know, and it's such a big thing nowadays and everything that this social justice movement is doing in our lives, it seems like it's just damaging. There's so many things that have been changed over the last 10 years. And they've been argued about, debated about, you know, for hundreds and thousands of years. And the rate in which we're making change in society right now, there's no way it's healthy. But one thing I will say to the average person listening out there, be careful about your status symbols, you know. You know, the one thing I did learn about being around a lot of a certain culture is that they didn't care whether or not they had Nike shoes or Adidas shoes on their feet. They would put on quality clothes and they would have actually quality shoes. But it wouldn't be the ones that are full of status making you who you are they were deeper than that they found their status in their work ethic in their marks even now someone might say you know what that's not who you are either you're not a 90% or 95% but studying yourself studying to show yourself approved is something that's actually biblical in that You have something that you're trying to attain. You have a mark that you're going towards and you're studying so that when the test comes, you're able to pass the test. And I think you can use that in a temporal sense and in a spiritual sense. Do you use your shoes as your status to say who you are and what you're about? Your shirts, you know, do you have to have that new shirt, that new color? A new colorway shoe. Your pants. Are they? Do they have to be a name brand? Do you have to get the new Moo Moo Blue Blue shoes? Pants. You know. Do you have to have Balenciaga? <laughs> do you have to have Gucci slippers or slides? You know. What car do you drive? Is it okay to have a beater that's twelve hundred dollars? Or are you still looking for a twelve hundred dollar Mercedes instead of just getting yourself a? Pontiac because that's all you can afford you know are you the one stuck trying to buy the rich man's car to drive after he sold it five years ago and had it for seven how much money is in your bank do you work a average paying job And are you broke all the time? Where are you living? Who are you donating to? You know, remember, you know, that old saying, with great power comes great responsibility. (laughs) You know, we're always trying to live up to the Joneses. We're always trying to live up to the greater people in the society as far as society looks at people. You know, I look at people like Drake. I look at people like LeBron. That was like 
when Drake was just coming up. And I mean, I was like one of the first people saying that Drake was something. This is back in 2008. Now, most people can't say that because I remember when I was saying to people, I was like, no, I'm not going to say it. I won't, I won't say certain things because then people think I'm trying to toot my own horn. And even saying that, probably people feel that way. But I remember when he sang, you know, he sang the hook on on I'm Still Fly by Paige here in Toronto. And it was a big deal. And people said, oh, he ain't that good. Um, he did a song called Ransom. I was like, yeah, man, this guy can do it. It's like, no, no, no. Lil Wayne writes all of his stuff. And he's going to be nothing. He's from Degrassi and all this stuff. And I was like, no, no, no. He seems pretty good to me. And I was like, wait. Maybe when he gets on, you know, he'll he'll put on some people who should be getting on in here in, in Ontario, Canada, like Chaos. Or maybe he'll bring Maestro Fresh, Fresh West out to do something. Or Red One or whoever. All the, the people in Toronto. And I never saw any of that. Now, I don't know if these guys had beef with him or if that they didn't put him on when they could have or whatever the story was, but it was like there was no respect seen. I mean, I can't even remember if he did anything with Cardinal Official here in Toronto. But um, even beyond that stuff, I have been thinking for a long time, and you know, it was said by um, J.R. Smith recently on that podcast, I Am Athlete about it only takes four or five it wouldn't even take four or five really but they were talking about doing something big you know they were wondering why do they always as athletes go and work out in somebody else's gym or somebody else's facility meanwhile these players are making 120 140 million dollars in their career can't they buy a facility can't they build a facility can't they give back to the community can't they give back to the people who were in the same situation as they were maybe 10 15 years ago why is it that we always have to get everybody else's stuff why does it always have to be some kind of equity being given from certain types of jobs why aren't we doing stuff for our communities i heard i think lebron outfitted a school with computers and built a school that's good I'm not sure I'm not sure what school Jordan did that for. I don't know what school Drake did that for. I know that we had that God's plan video that he had that got millions and millions of views. Maybe he's up to a billion by now, I don't know. And I think he did that in Florida. Guess he didn't need to do it here in Toronto. Um I guess it's good he did it somewhere. But couldn't that be something that is done here for people? And it's not only the rappers and the athletes, because I know that when I look at and when you talk in society, it seems like they don't even get that much respect. You know, it's like here today and gone tomorrow. If your skills are gone tomorrow, nobody cares. So everybody has that crabs in a bucket, money grubbling kind of attitude where it's like, I was poor and I want to be poor again. But I'm like, besides, you know, opening a strip club or opening a music club or a diner or some sort of small restaurant why not give to a bigger thing like a community like a school like think about the average person wouldn't you love to be able to have enough money to build a school I mean you could even put your name on it possibly 
or somebody you respect. It's, you know? I mean, they've society's been trying to do it all the time. How about you? If you got money. Instead of just throwing it up and, you know, take your shirt off and throw it around like, whip it around like a helicopter. Or making it rain in the club. Wouldn't you rather just help somebody out and say, you know what? I'm looking at that kid right there because I paid the money for that kid to go through college and to help to be something in society and to support his family or her family. Isn't that a greater feat? Than some of the things that it seems like everyone aspires to do. People want to get fame. People want to be a famous rapper or maybe a famous podcaster. (laughs) I definitely don't want to be famous. And I certainly don't want to be famous without the money. (laughs) I always thought about that. Getting famous without money is kind of useless. I mean, or without currency in society. Unless, of course, your point is to get a message across, then I guess it's okay. Anyhow, I'm going to short up and close off right now. And I'm going to thank you all for coming out to your probably right where... My opinions might be a little bit off, but hey, it's okay. (laughs) I want to say one thing before I up and disappear. Where is it? And the reason why I'm looking for it (laughs) is because I make mistakes. I do it all the time. Here we go. I love that part where in the Bible, the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. And I'm going to say that prayer right now. Listen, close your eyes. You think about the words that I'm saying right now. Okay. Our father. You can sing it with me, actually. You can say it with me if you want. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever Lord God, and that, that's it, people. <laughs> Say a little prayer to, from, from my heart more than the one that I've read, even though that one comes from the heart as well. But Lord God in heaven, Father, I thank you because you are a holy God. You are a merciful God. You are a gracious God. 
Holy is your name. Holy are you, because you created heaven and earth. And your word says in six days, and then you rested from creation. Your kingdom is coming. Your kingdom has come. And as Jesus on this earth died for our sins and rose again and is sitting at the right hand of the high power. And I know that your will will be done on this earth because you are a sovereign God as it is in heaven. I thank you for giving sustenance for me and for many people in earshot of this. And those who haven't, I pray that you do give them their daily bread. For who knows what days are coming ahead where maybe we have plenty right now, but maybe as I listen now, maybe I don't even have food. But I ask that you would supply sustenance daily like you did the manna that you send from heaven for the children of Israel. I pray that you forgive me of my iniquity, my sin, my wrongful things that I've, the wrong that I've done to people, the wrongs that I've done against you and trespassed your will. I thank you and I ask that you'd help me to forgive those who have trespassed or wronged me. I pray that you would lead me away from temptation and deliver us and deliver me from you from that evil one that's running around seeking whom he may devour like a roaring lion for yours is the kingdom the power you have all power You're, you are omnipotent the glory is yours forever Amen. So be it. I thank you for everything, Lord. Okay, y'all. Till next time. Thank you for coming out. I know this was more of a religious type of podcast today, but in a sense, it's who I am. I am a Christian, right? So I'm going to speak who I am, just like you hear the many people from their different belief systems and ideologies speaking from where they are well Christians do it too except we're doing it to the one we're supposed to do it to the almighty God the one who sent his son Jesus to die for your sins and my sins the same God who says you should have no other God before you anything that's against the Bible is not right any other religion in the scriptures is known as doctrines of devils those may not be superheroes they might be demigods there is one true God the almighty God who created heaven and earth the God of the Bible the one who sent his son to die for your sins 
and my sins. The one who died on the cross because he allowed himself to be put on that cross. The same one who rose again in three days. The same one who walked around for another 50 days on this earth and showed showed himself to his disciples. The same one that ascended into heaven. That same Jesus. The same one who sent the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, to be with all of us at the same time. The same one who is coming back and will catch us all up and meet us in the air. He says he goes away to prepare a place for us. And if it were not so, he would have told us. Anyhow, I thank you for listening today. Take care. Recognize the blessings of God in your life. Recognize the mercy and the grace that he's bestowed upon you. Okay, until next time, take care. Come check out You Probably Write Podcast. Society is getting more unpredictable every day, but at the same time, predictable in its unpredictability. Say that four times real fast. Come with me as I attempt to find clarity in all the fog while staying way outside the box and kicking the box way down the road with my size 12 docks. (laughs) I use the Bible, experience, education, fortune, misfortune, life's lessons, life's mistakes, to sort through all the mess. I talk about news, God, uh oh, yeah, God, self help, sports, sickness, health, music, parenting, love, humbleness, hurt, pain, joy, and all the things that might make you say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Hopefully, anyway. Also, I take a stab at answering tough and not so tough questions, and all the while, understand that, listen, Sometimes you end up in the hot seat and there's no thermostat. Well, that's how it is here. And because there's no topic, well, very few topics off the table. Trontonians will understand that Doug Ford reference there. (laughs) Hopefully the podcast will be helpful and uplifting. And hey, maybe you'll find your own private Idaho here somewhere. Hope to see you soon.